Welcome to Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Robbie Straczynski. Thank you so much for joining us on episode number 113 of Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town. Guys, if you're watching this, you'll notice that uh, the guest and I have similar backgrounds. Uh, we're both in rooms at the Bahamar Resort in the Bahamas um, here at the PSPC, the 2023 Poker Stars Players Championship. Uh, this is a man, uh, a lot of you know him, but not necessarily by face or by his full name, uh, but rather by his forum member's name of Crystal, C-R-S-P-A-L-S. It's Chris Robinson, uh, is one of our longtime active forum members here on Cards Chat, and it just so happens to be that we're both here in the Bahamas, so uh, we thought it would be pretty cool to interview one of you, our forum members here at the Cards Chat community. Uh, over the last, well, obviously, by all of the questions that he's asked um, for uh, you know the 112 previous episodes, we've gotten to know Chris, but now we really get a chance to know him better. Chris, welcome to the Cards Chat Podcast. All right. Thanks a lot, Robbie. Good morning. Good morning to you, too. Um, and also, I got to point out, you know, you and I had the chance to meet in person and to spend, you know, a nice little bit of time, uh, you know, schmoozing over, you know, over a drink. And we even got to play poker together last night. So it's pretty cool to uh, meet the man uh, behind the screen. Man. Yes, no, it was a, it was a great time, actually. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was uh, nice to uh, kind of do something a little bit not in the uh, 25,000 tournament buy-in with you know the people and the lights and the cameras all around it was a nice way to kind of end the day so yeah yeah very cool uh well i mean we have uh and, and this is the unusual one folks you know after 112 episodes it's the first time i haven't actually officially prepared anything in advance it's just more of a, a conversation and i specifically have avoided chris you didn't know this I've avoided asking you certain questions this entire trip so that it could be fresh <laughs> and I could learn uh, as well during this conversation. So it's stuff that I've naturally been curious about, curious about and have wanted to know. Um, so obviously you're very into poker. How did you first get into it? Yeah, it was it was interesting back in the uh, the early 2000s when, you know, the poker boom happened and, you know, it started showing up on TV and they started showing, you know, cards through the whole cams and uh, the whole moneymaker bit. You know, a bunch of my friends started to get into it and, you know, started to host home games. So I was like, all right, sure, this sounds like a fun game and uh, started, you know, playing, you know. 10 cent, 25 cent or whatever it was back then, just with a bunch of people I knew in high school. And it, you know, it kind of evolved over time. And, you know, the, the, the bar poker phenomenon, if you want to call it that, that kind of, you know, came with the poker boom in the early 2000s, you know, when I was, you know, out of university, you know, playing three nights a week uh, in a local restaurants back home in Kingston and, you know, getting to know a bunch of people and really started to, to, to get to enjoy the game and love the game. And, and, and that kind of kept going for a couple of years. And then, you know, 2007, you know, it started to take a bit of a backseat. Um, I met a girl at the time. She became, you know, girlfriend, fiance, eventually wife of 14 and a half years. So, you know, all of those things kind of came with it. And, uh, and, and, you know, family, three kids, you know, it, it was still there, but it wasn't to the same, it wasn't to the same degree. And then I kind of re found the game, you know, about seven years ago. 
um, poker stars sent me an email like, hey, here's five $1 spin and go tickets. And it's kind of funny that they gifted me $5 worth of tickets way back when. And then, you know, fast forward to what happened uh, within the last few months, I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Um, started, you know, I went online, I took the five to $1 tickets, turned it into $3. And I'm like, okay, what can I do with $3? <laughs> Not much. Uh, but um was scrolling through the site and I came across free rolls. And then there was this thing called the $100 cards chat free roll. I'm like, well, how do I get into that? And that's how I found the form. And that's Amazing. kind of the point from there. Amazing. A loaded answer. We'll try to parse it apart uh, into those little bits. Um, so you had mentioned university, first of all. So what had you gone to study at university and which university? Yeah, so I took mechanical engineering at uh, Queen's University in Kingston. I did a Bachelor of Applied Science in Mechanical, and then I transitioned that into a coursework master, so not a not a theory-based uh, thesis degree, but more of a uh, more additional courses at a higher level. Uh, graduated in 2005 with it. I have not really used it since, but that's you know kind of how education goes these days. It's not so much what you study, it's having that piece of paper to uh, to at least get you looked at when you start to go look for careers and such. Of course. So what is your career? What do you do besides uh, ask uh, excellent questions here on the forums and play in 25Ks in the Bahamas? <laughs> uh, so, so my nine to five gig, uh, probably the best way to describe it is I'm a, I'm a merchandise project manager for the hardware department at Home Depot in Canada here. Okay. Oh, very cool. Interesting. You've been with them for how long? Uh, so I will be celebrating 13 years with them in May. Wow. So Congratulations. Very nice. You don't really find too many people, you know, at least I think, you know, our, our age who have stayed in the same job for that long. It's always moving every couple of years to something new. Um, I guess loyalty is a, a very important trait to you. Well, to be honest, loyalty is a very important trait at uh, at Depot. They there are a lot of uh, people that work there that have you know twenty plus years, twenty five plus years. I think they're even starting to creep into the thirty range because it's one of those companies where once you get into it and once you start to be surrounded by that type of environment and that type of work conditions, um, it's it's tough to to walk away from that. Mm -hmm. um, it, it draws you in it, it, you know, it's, it's very easy to, uh, to bleed orange as, uh, as one of the sayings goes. And it's, it's one of those careers where it always challenges you when they're very, they're very much focused on, you know, getting the, the best people and, and they don't like to lose the best people. So it, it's very much a, a company that it, it's not one of those companies where you come in for three years, you learn the business, they drain your energy to zero and then you go off and you go do other things. It's, it's not like that at all. It's, it's very much a, if, if you're coming here and you're dedicated to us, you, you basically become a lifer. So, and that's I, and I really like that actually. That's very interesting because we have the same sort of, uh, you know, modus operandi here at the cards chat podcast. We only get the best people and you are the 113th best <laughs> person. Uh, <laughs> um, that's why I was like setting up that joke the entire time. Um, so, so, um, okay. Now, so obviously in your free time, you're still playing poker. I'll get to that in a second, but let's go into cards chat. So you said you found the forums, I guess about seven years ago. What does it appeal? What is it about cards chat and the forums, uh, that appeal to you as like, this is a kind of a cool community to be a part of? 
Well, I think the first thing that struck me when I found the forum was just how enormous the forum was. Back then, I think it was under 250,000 people that had signed up. Uh, that seemed like a huge number. And, and when you when you actually spend time in the site and you go through it and you understand all of the different you know areas of the site and and what actually is going on there, you quickly find out that it's not a free roll password site, which many people that see it initially in, you know, poker stars or party poker, any of the other sites that, that free rolls are on, you very quickly realize that, wow, there, there's actually a lot more going on here. And, and then you start to get into it and you realize that there really is a, a dedicated, passionate community of people that love the game, uh, but love interacting with each other on various topics and, and being able to play consistently with these people. It's, it's been something that I've actually thoroughly enjoyed over the years. Um, one of the first things that I was introduced to was the, you know, the special events that they hold. And then I signed up for one pretty well right away. Uh, got to meet and, and talk with a bunch of people from Ontario. It was a, um, it was a special event to do with the World Cup, but they did it with a poker spin. So you got to be with this group of people and you play games and, you know, it was fun. And then somebody's like, well, you know, you, you should check the league out. So I went into the figured out the league. I'm like, OK. And then, you know, 24 ish seasons later, I'm still playing the league and, you know, captaining my 22nd team, I think, if my math and my memory is right. So. It's just, it's one of those things where as you get deeper and deeper into it, you realize that there's just so much more to it. And, 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 you know, getting to know the people, you know, Debbie and Tammy, of course, have been phenomenal people. And then some of the key people on the site, you know, there's Martin and Shelly, of course, and Donna and, and Mark and all of the other admins and guides and people that, you know, do so much work to keep the site up and running and going. It, it's, I bet you a lot of people who, who play it and come into the site casually don't understand how much work actually goes on to to keep this site running and it was just something that just drew me right in and i've just i've loved every second of it that's awesome and i believe you're also sort of a, a moderator of sorts right yeah i did take that hat on about a year and a half ago um i was a little bit uneasy about it at first but as i've kind of gotten accustomed to it, you know it's you know you have to swing the band hammer when somebody gets out of line sometimes and Swing away. So, uh, yeah, it's fun. I, I, I'm kind of one of those people that has always been interested in, you know, how things work and how things operate and, and getting involved in that side of things. I'm not one that just likes to casually, like, just sit there on the sideline and be like, yeah, I'll just come in, post a couple times a week and, and be done with it. I, I'm, that's just how I'm wired. I, anything that I've done, I always need to be shoulder deep into it or it doesn't interest me, I think. That's really cool. Uh, you mentioned uh, your wife of 14 plus years now. What does she think, not just of, you know, your love of poker, but also, you know, how deeply involved you are with this community for so long? What are her, her views on that? Um, she is not a poker aficionado by any stretch of the imagination. So it's it's hard to kind of relate that to her. But, you know, she she's such a, an amazing person when it comes to, you know, doing things that you like to do and you know, so long as it's in moderation and, and, you know, we're not, you know, getting too, too focused on just one thing, but um, yeah, she, she enjoys it. She understands that I, I have an, an enjoyment for the game and, and supports it a hundred percent. And I couldn't be happier for it. So that's fantastic. Uh, well, obviously the games that you play with uh, your fellow cards chat forum members, they're online. You had spoken earlier about how you had first gotten into poker. It was much more of a live pursuit. How did online poker sort of become part of your repertoire and which of the two, quite frankly, do you enjoy more? 
Well, I think it would have been an, an interesting question to ask me that a week ago. Um, <laughs> the reason that I say that is because one of the things that I find, you know, fascinating and, and enjoy so much about card chat and the poker community and playing online is that you get to know these people off the felt, mm. uh, even though it's not in real life. Like, obviously we don't, you know, see these people, we don't, you know, but we talk to these people and, and we talk to each other on a constant basis, whether it's through, you know, exchange of messages and the forum threads or whatnot. So when it, when it would come to like, which, you know, what do I enjoy more from a social site? I online would have been the one because I don't, I don't play a lot of live poker uh -huh. uh, where I'm from live poker. I don't want to say is dead, but it certainly could use a, a considerable boost. It is not something that the casinos in Ontario tend to focus on. Mm -hmm. uh, they focus more on the games that bring in more rake and, and more revenue for the casinos. Poker right. is not really rake generating game. Um, and with COVID, you know, that kind of squashed all of the tournaments that, that are taking place. So if you're looking for decent poker, you, you have to travel. You're either going to Montreal or you're going to Detroit or you're going to, you know, Atlantic City, Vegas, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I will say this, being here this week, you, you really do get an understanding for how much of a social game poker really is. And, and not just with, you know, sitting in the 25K meeting, you know, people from all different walks of life who outside of a hand, you sit there and you chat with and you get to know. And, and the number of people that I've been able to interact with that I would never have been able to meet outside of this reminds me that poker really is a social game. And it's something that, you know, can be really enjoyed and can be really fun, even if you're playing for $4 million at the end of the day. Yeah, well, that's, that's great. Really beautiful way of putting it. I mean, while well, we've obviously been skirting around the issue, Chris, how did you win your platinum pass? Uh, the immense privilege to play in this 25K over, I think about a, a total was 1,014 players, and you got to be one of them. How'd you get that uh, opportunity? Yeah, my, my platinum pass story, I think, is kind of unique, but it's also one that kind of reminds me just how fortunate and lucky I really was to, to be able to come. So PokerStars Ontario gave a promotion, which they call chests and ladders, which essentially meant that if you played enough games and generated enough rake a day, you won a chest that contained a dice. And you had 49 spaces to kind of maneuver your way up a snakes and ladders board. Of course, there's no snakes. Thankfully, that would have been kind of a cruel joke. And along the way, there could have been chests that you could have won a $10 satellite ticket. But at the end, you know, you, you would all get a, a chest at the end. Half of the chests at the end would have had a $10 satellite ticket in it. Half of them would have had a $20 satellite ticket, but buried in there somewhere mm. was one chest that contained a $30,000 platinum pass. And playing two $10 spinning goes a day for two weeks, I was able to accumulate enough dice rolls to get to the very end. I was awarded with the last chest. I was fully expecting to see a $10 or a $20 satellite ticket and a platinum pass jumped out. And how did you feel when that happened? Well, at first, I misread the picture. So, oh, no. <laughs> well, no. I, I, I said this, uh, I said this uh, another time, too. I don't want this to be a shot at poker stars because it's, it's not. But when the chest opened and the, the pass jumped out, what I read on the screen was PSPC $30 package. Oh, no. So, like, 
<laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I was expecting a ten or a twenty dollar ticket, so I got both. Okay, whatever. Uh -huh. So I went into the to the client and I checked to see the tickets and what the tournament schedule was, and there was no tickets there. And I was like, that's that's kind of weird. So I went back to the screen because it was still open, thankfully, and I reread it again, and it said PSPC 30K. Aha! Uh -huh. And I stood there for a second, and I was trying to comprehend this, and I was thinking to myself, PSPC 30K, because I was expecting it to say if it was the past. Right, right. Path. And, and I would have expected something outside of just a little thing in the oh past. Oh, my God. Just because of how big of a deal that would have been. Uh -huh. There was nothing. There was no fireworks. There was no message from Linda <laughs> jumped up. There was no email in my inbox. So I'm like, what is actually going on here? Is this a platinum pass? And I was staring at it for a second, like, it might be. So I dare to I think that, you know? <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, yeah, exactly. So I, I did what. What I logically would do in a situation, I contacted support. I'm like, sure. can you help me out here? This, I opened the last chest. What do you see on your side? And the support person took a minute and come back and said, yeah, we, we saw that your chest was empty. So we'll credit you a $20 ticket. I'm like, okay, I, I, I can't, I can't play dumb anymore because right. I, I wanted to see what they would say. I didn't want to like prompt them with it. Right. So that's when I said to them, okay, no, no. This is a screenshot. It right. showed, I think, a platinum pass. And they were like, oh, we're going to have to refer that to a different department. So they <laughs> sent my way into a, a different part of the support network that they have. And five minutes later, somebody came on and said, um, congratulations, mm -hmm. you won a platinum pass. And it was like, wow. It took me a couple minutes to, to let that sink in. Uh-huh. It was a, you know, this was a Friday night league game and I went up and told my wife who was still awake and right. showed her the picture and told her what it was and celebrated for a moment. And then being that it was almost midnight, went to sleep and told the kids the next morning and didn't really feel, it didn't really feel real until I was awarded the actual card on Sunday night. And that's when it kind of officially sunk in. Unbelievable. Wow, that is an incredible story. My goodness. And how long ago was that? I mean, we're now uh, February 2nd as this is being recorded. So how long ago did you win the pass? Uh, memory serves me right. And anybody that knows me well knows that I have a crappy short-term memory. I think it was early to, to late September when I when I won it. It was, it was September of, of 2022. So it's only been a few months since I've had to wait. Unlike some people that, you know, wanted back in 2020 and have waited three years to, yeah. uh, to, to come in and realize this dream. So what's this, uh, interim period been like knowing that you've got this trip to look forward to, uh, to play in this event? I mean, have you done any sort of preparation, uh, had you done rather, uh, prior to uh, entering the event? Like what was the, you know, September to January like for you? Yeah. September to January was, was, um, it was interesting. <laughs> uh, I, I decided that uh, I needed to to do some homework and, and really try to, to get ready for this event. So I did okay. sign up with a uh, a poker coaching website at first okay. to, to try to get you know some information and access to people and, and being able to to do some studying that way. 
Sure. Um, but that changed late December, early January to a point. Um, mm -hmm. I won't name drop because I'm not okay. that kind of person, although I might name drop if you ask me who I met later. Um, but I had reached out to somebody on Twitter because they had just won um, another World Series of Poker Circuit Ring. Somebody that I've been following for, for a very long time, uh, accomplished poker player, uh, reasonably well known in, in the world. Uh, reached out to him to congratulate him on on his on on another ring, and then I sent him a note on the side because I had been doing that to a lot of people that I knew was just you know asking for advice. People who were here before, you know, pros that I've had some interaction with and, and tried to talk to, and I asked him, "Hey, I want a platinum pass. I'm going to the Bahamas in January. Going to play this twenty five thousand dollar event way above my rank world by any means sure. whatsoever. Have you got any tips for me?" And he came back and said, "Why don't I coach you?" Oh, wow. That's so and nice. We, we set up a deal uh, where I sold part of me in this event in exchange for his time in the hopes that he could help me tweak my game enough uh, to get into the money so that we could both, you know, realize uh, and uh, profit off our investment. So sure. jumped at that opportunity. Um, you know, I even said to him, like, you know, if this is a case where if you can help me with, you know, call four or five tweaks that could allow me to go from, you know, a day one bust out to, you know, a day three min cash and we can both profit off of that. Fantastic. That's amazing. And it almost worked. Oh, wow, <laughs> yes. You did make day three, which is pretty damn almost amazing. Worked. It almost uh, worked. We almost got there. We were 80 short of the money, but um, uh, yeah, so that was good. So I worked with him. Uh, Pretty well leading up to the event in January, you know, met with them, you know, several times a week, went over hands, kind of went through like the thought process, what I need to do, what I should be doing differently, how I need to be thinking, um, applied that as best as I could. And, mm -hmm. and, and honestly, like I will say, like, there's no way I think I could have made day three without some of the things that we had talked about in our sessions, just just based on what I saw and what I came across. It was it was a good preparation for, you know, what to expect in a 25K when you're playing against pros that, you know, will treat it like you would have treated a $10 tournament, really. Right, right. right. Well, that's fascinating. So, like, as far as, you know, you looking at yourself now as a poker player, having, you know, uh, done all of that training and put in and invested all of that time to improve your game, looking back at where you had been in September when you won the pass, in what areas do you believe you've improved most as a player? I think my ability to read opponents and, and focusing on what they're doing, I think has grown dramatically. There was a, uh, there was a very specific hand in day one where my, the player to my immediate left was giving me enough information that I was able to nail his hand to a T, I think three times the first four levels. Like I knew in my head, 95% this is what they've got. And then they would show down and that's exactly what they had. Hmm. So that was a good confidence booster, but that, that's, that kind of started to dwindle a little bit. I think once, you know, other pros started to come to the table and, and mix it up and, and, you know, clearly work to be done there. But I think, you know, seeing that and being able to be like, okay, I do have the ability to read people. I can figure out what some of these hands are that they're playing. I can be able to navigate away from that and, and stay out of trouble or, 
cause them trouble, I, you know, that starts to build some confidence in me. So I think, you know, that's, that's where the, the work needs to be. But I definitely think that there was, you know, big steps taken three months ago to today where I sit with you. Excellent. And, you know, well, obviously you're not regularly competing against the pros. You can pretty much gauge, you know, and even if you're not necessarily a pro, when you're sitting at the table, you can gauge who's been here before and who hasn't. In yep. what way did you sort of feel that, or if at all, that you had to approach playing against the pros differently versus fellow recreational players? The way that a pro thinks about a hand is different than a way a recreational player thinks about a hand. Rec players tend to think of their own hand and their own range and what image they're portraying, whereas a pro is thinking about what image their opponents are portraying and using that against them. And it was it was pretty obvious to me on day one as well as on day two who were the pros? Who are the people that you had to watch for? And some of them were really easy to spot. Like, I, again, not going to name names, but day two, sitting at the table. When the person is talking to the dealers by name, <laughs> every single time the dealers change and you recognize that this guy is playing the EPT because poker stars, I think generally has a pool of dealers that travels right. with from location to location. So if right. these players are playing the same events, they're going to know the dealers. You, you, you really kind of open your eyes and go, okay, you're, you're, you're used to, you're used to this kind of a grind. So you know what's going on here. Sure. So then you have to approach hands with them differently than you would say somebody who has zero interaction with the dealers, zero interaction with other players, because, they either want to pass or they're a, you know, a local recreational player from the States who are now playing in a 25 K and, and not used to playing in that kind of, you, you very quickly figure out, you know, who is the, the, the people that you have to approach hands differently, very fast in this type of environment. It's so funny. You're reminding me of back in goodness. It's probably like 2004 or something. Uh, when I had gone to Atlantic City for the first time and I had that exact same experience, and I'm playing, you know, one, two, no limit. And, you know, I, at the time I was in my early 20s and I remember that same exact thing of like the dealer greeted one of the players by name. And, oh, not that they're necessarily a pro. Oh, they're ridiculous. Yeah, I got to be careful. It's just, it's yep. so true though, but it's a, it's a very interesting, uh, you know, a thing that does happen and, uh, you know, well, you know, well, well spotted and pointed out. So, so that's pretty good. Um, obviously, um, I, I imagine I'm going to, I'm not going to take a, a leap of assumption here that you've never really put in as much time and effort into poker study as you have since September. Um, is that something that you want to and see yourself continuing to do and now having perhaps some goals to, you know, if not qualify for 25Ks event, uh, again, but maybe like move up in stakes slowly but surely due to the study that you'll be putting in? I, I think I think poker studying is something that if you're going to play the game at any sort of regular levels, you, you have to do these dates. Mm. Um, otherwise, you're just going to bleed money faster than you can put it into your account. So do I, do I see myself studying to the same degree as I've been doing the last, you know, three months? Probably not. Um, do I see myself continuing to study on, on a level above what I did before? Probably. I don't see why I wouldn't. Um, 
But I also don't view poker for me as something that is going to be a revenue generating engine anytime soon. Uh-huh. I, I enjoy the game. I enjoy, you know, sitting down at a table and, and just playing along. And, you know, if we, if we win, fantastic. If we lose, okay, we'll get them next time kind of idea. But it's not something that I see myself necessarily moving up in stakes anytime soon. I, I've moved up in stakes just over time, just based on, you know, coming out of the micros and, you know, back when I was, you know, first getting back into poker and, and playing online with those five $1 spin and go tickets, I was sitting there and thinking to myself, like, geez, you know, I don't understand how people can play a $25 spin and go or a hundred dollar, you know, tournament. Fast forward to 2022. When am I, when am I playing? I'm playing $10 and $25 spin and goes uh-huh. and into a hundred dollar tournaments. So it's not like it's, it, you know, perception has changed over time as the bankroll has grown. Mm-hmm. A little bit. I mean, it, it's not like it's, you know, I'm not playing on $20 anymore. Fair. But at the same time, I don't see myself getting into the one, two worlds, the two, five worlds or anything like that. I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite happy with, with where I'm playing and, and where I'm at. I'm comfortable with it. And if things change and I'm able to, you know, play $50 spin and goes in five years, great. And if I don't right now, I'm totally okay with that. Um, coming, coming into this whole event, you know, even if I won the four million, um, poker wasn't going to become the focal point. Um, I have a good thing going at home. Uh, I do enjoy my job. It's a stressful job, but I do enjoy it. I, I do like the people that I work with and, and the job that I'm doing. Uh, but my family's first and foremost. And, and poker is one of those things where if you get to a certain level, it, it can completely take over. Like these people that travel and, and play these events worldwide and you know, the investment of time that they have to make away from their families and, and things like that. I, I'm not in my twenties anymore, Robbie. I, can't, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not, I'm not wanting to do that. Uh-huh. That's not something that's the, that's not a goal of mine. I, sure. I want to see my kids grow up. I, I love spending time with my kids and my dogs and my wife. And then that's really what my, my focus is and, and what's important to me. And how old are your kids? Uh, so I have an 11 year old, a nine year old and a six year old at home. Beautiful. Very nice. So it's a, it's a busy house. It's a busy house. And, and as you know, they did not travel with me um, as much as that, as much, as much as I was sad to leave them at home and I do miss them dearly. Um, it was able, it was able to focus a little bit more on, on the PSPC, not, mm-hmm. not thinking about, okay, I gotta, you know, meet them for dinner or, right. or anything like that. You know, there wasn't that kind of, there wasn't that kind of expectation, which, which helped, I think a little bit, but, uh, you know, sitting here now with day four starting and not having a seat, um, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the missing them at home is, is sitting in a little bit. So, you know, 48 hours until I, until I get to be home with them again. So uh, looking forward to that for sure. That's, that's sweet. I'll pursue that line of questioning in a moment, but I did just want to ask them, you mentioned the word bankroll, uh, you know, the, in my experience, you know, as a serious recreational player and media person as well. There are lots of players with bankrolls and there's most players with budgets. And the difference (laughs) being if you've got a budget, you know, you tend to be on the not winning side of the ledger most of the time. You say you've got a bankroll. What is your approach to bankroll management as someone, you know, recreational player with a steady job? And this is not what you depend on for income. How have you approached, you know, your poker money? Is it something you've segregated uh, and, and, you know, just sort of what's, what's your opinion on, on bankroll management in general? 
Yeah, I, I don't tend to to throw money into it. Um, I, I tend to just let it sit there. I, I stick to, you know, reasonably, you know, sound bankroll management rules. I'm not playing, you know, stakes that I can't afford. Mm-hmm. Um, it, part of it is that I don't feel that, you know, my game needs to be at that level. I don't I don't mm-hmm. have to go play the $100 tournaments. If I satellite into it, fantastic. But if I don't, I'm okay with that. I'm not going to go direct buy into, you know, the, the Sunday specials or the venoms of the world. Um, you know, things like that. I, I stick to, I stick to what I'm comfortable playing and comfortable losing and we go from there. And and I think a lot of, I I know a lot of poker players do tend to use a budget and, and, and eight to each their own. If if you're able to, to throw a hundred dollars a month into it or $200, whatever, whatever your financial situation is. And and that's what you're cool with. and, And it doesn't affect your, day-to-day life have out or go for yeah. it why not absolutely um, but kids are expensive real estate is expensive mm-hmm. food is expensive um so yeah i i tend to i i do tend to leave the money where it is i don't add to it but um haven't taken that much out of it took a, took a little bit out uh, a while ago but uh, generally speaking it's uh, it's 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 there one of the things I'm, I'm of the same way. Also, it's always on the side, and thankfully, I can also say I've got a bankroll rather than a budget. And you know, when I'm taking anything out of it, it's always precisely for that purpose, for that the little extra joy. You know, Miriam, my wife, is always very cool with me going and playing and stuff. So you know, occasionally I'll take a little bit out and say, "Okay, guys, we're all going to go out to dinner together." And you know, don't thank me, thank everyone in the home game. You know, that's which <laughs> <laughs> is always fun to do. Um, well, you know, one thing, uh, you know, besides playing poker uh, here in the Bahamas with this beautiful weather, it's uh, slightly warmer than in the great white north uh, where you're from north of the border just a little bit. Um, you know, you got 48 hours left uh, of your time here. How will you I, I hope you won't just be at the felt. How do you intend to spend uh, this time uh, maybe uh, basking in the glow of the sun a little bit? Yeah, I, I think uh, the water park here at the Bahamar is calling my name this afternoon. So I think we will we will check that out. I will definitely spend some time on the beach today. Um, there will be one more opportunity to go to the felt tonight. Uh, the the Platinum Pass Invitational uh, is, is this evening. Uh, that was the the one tournament that I was was really looking forward to playing. Uh, Nikhil Segal, who was the I guess you want to see the host of this event um, in 2019 when he was here, uh, brought it back this year with Poker Stars. Um, I, I've talked to Nikal for you know years. We did the ultimate sweat with with Jamie Staples oh, nice. back in 2019. Nice. Uh, so we had a little bit of interaction there. He he's a wonderful person. Uh, he interacts with us at Cards Chat on a on a frequent basis. Uh, and I and I do consider him a friend. We we've chatted. We we've, we've had some time together here in the Bahamas, and uh, and really looking forward to that. But other than that, I think uh, I think that the poker is done for here. I think I did enough damage, you know, get the day three of the twenty five and play a little bit tonight and enjoy the uh, the sun and the sand before I have to go back home to the uh, the minus fifteen Celsius oh, uh, temperatures that are waiting for me on Saturday. From what it sounds like, so we'll we'll go back to reality in a couple of days. I hear that, and hopefully you'll have some some wonderful and heartwarming and happy stories uh, to tell family, friends, colleagues at work. Uh, you know that that's just really great. I'm happy that overall uh, you had a very positive experience here. Um, you know, truly awesome, um, folks. You know, usually this is the point uh, in the podcast where I say, "Hey, it's time to 
turn to you, our podcast uh, community over in Cards Chat, to see what questions you wanted to ask our guests. Uh, as everyone knows, we do have a dedicated thread in the Cards Chat forums for this. So as we announce our future guests, we always ask you to send in your questions. We're not doing that this time because we literally have uh, one of the forum members, a moderator, Crystals, who always puts forth questions. So I will ask you a couple question segments related questions. How do you think, and you always come up with some very good, thorough questions that you put through, you know, you take the time to do this. What, what, you know, sort of thought process, you know, goes through your mind when you say, okay, I want to put these questions forward. And, you know, they're really good. I always enjoy asking them. I, I think one of the things for me is that I, I always, I, I've always thought this, I've always said this, and, and I have proven this this week. Poker players are some of the most interesting and humble people that you'll ever come across in life. Uh, mm. the, the people that I've met here, um, they've been absolutely amazing. So I, I love to, to understand more about them and, and knowing who's coming on the podcast. It, it always gets me going to say, okay, if this person was in front of me right now, what would I want to know about them? And that's what kind of always drives me to, you know, to do some homework, do some research, you know, find remembering things, you know, specifically if it's people that, that I recognize, you know, like Arlie, for example, is a perfect example. He was just on the podcast not that long ago. Yep. Uh, I think it was 111 or 112. I can't remember. It was one of the two. Yeah, you, you're you're on the ball. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, like, you know, his whole big brother experience mm -hmm. and then, you know, transitioning to poker, the 12 labors of Arlie and, and right. it's just incredible work ethic when it came to dedicating to the game. But it was funny because I had seen him and had met him for the first time days before that podcast was announced right. now. Right. So I had a bit of an inside track when, you know, I was thinking of questions to ask him, but I had asked some of those already to him face to face. And that, uh -huh. that's kind of why, you know, like we, we want to get to know these people and connecting to the, these people that we've seen on TV winning, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars or whatever the case might be. It's always fascinating to kind of, you know, dig a little, little deeper and get to know these people, not for the poker player, but for the person. And that that's one of the things that I always like to to understand is, you know, how do these people think? What do they, you know, what are they away from, like off the felt, things like that. And, and that's just, again, just like me wanting a deeper level of understanding. Yeah, well, I got to say, uh, definitely that's something that resonates with me. You know, I'm not just a, a podcast host who asks the questions. I'm genuinely uh, a curious person and inquisitive. And, you know, I do always try at least for 112 episodes to prepare well so I can ask the good questions. But I have to say this has been uh, a lot of fun, even in just a conversational, ad hoc, spontaneous kind of way, really getting to know you better, Chris. Uh, I got two more questions for you that I semi-prepared. Uh, one of them is, well, now that we've been talking for a while and I've sort of come to the end of my question list in my head, is there anything that you had wished or wanted that I did not ask you that you'd like me to ask you about or talk about? Well, you didn't ask me an acid burn question, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Shout out acid burn FX. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. He, he is a uh, he is an interesting fellow, um, and it's funny because every time I see the questions that he asks on the thread, I'm always like, I'm really curious where some of those come from because like he really does kind of go out there. And I mean, like, listen, like 
they're awesome questions. They really do get you thinking. But uh, yeah, so I appreciate you not asking any of those. Um, yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I don't know when when we chatted about coming on originally. I was thinking, like, you know, what would you have asked me? And I honestly have no, I didn't have any idea what you were going to, other than like you know history and how you got in the game and when the past and all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't think there's anything specifically. Um, but but I, I'll throw out a couple of things. It's for for me the most interesting thing that that happened here at the the PSPC. I think without a doubt had to have been day two for me sitting down at the table with, you know, the people that were on my table and just the dynamic that, that existed. Um, Richie Rob was, was at my table. Shout out to Richie. Amazing guy. Super awesome to talk to humble guy, great poker player, thoroughly enjoyed, you know, sitting with him. Um, Danish alt was, was to my immediate right. Um, very, very stoic, very, very tough person to beat at the table. He cashed, I believe, um, he was a past winner, but he was definitely one that, uh, was not a recreational past winner. And, uh, and I really enjoyed spending time with him. Paul Denov was next to me on my left on day two, uh, real fascinating guy out of Vegas, you know, football fan, hockey fan. So we kind of bonded over that a little bit and mm -hmm. chatted. Um, and then day one, you know, meeting Colton, um, Colton Bloomberg, I believe his name was, he cashed as well. Um, a poker pro I'd never heard of before, uh, but got to spend eight hours with him at the table. And that was a really solid guy. Really enjoy him. Made, made some friends on this trip. Uh, Istvan from Hungary. He was the EPT Prague third place finisher in the main event back in December. Just had a baby. He was on my right on day one and, you know, spent eight hours with him. And what, what I came to be, you know, going through all of this was, you know, just how vast the poker community is. We all see the Daniel Negranos, the Phil Ivies, the Phil Helmuse, those types of people that, you know, are the, the, the names in the world. But there's a lot of other pros out there. Uh, and there's a lot of other fascinating, amazing and humble people that we don't know anything about. And those are the kinds of people that would be really fun and fascinating to, to get to know better. And, and I know that, you know, you've done 100 and, 113 podcasts now with myself and, and I'm looking forward to getting to know some of the lesser known pros, if you want to call them that. I don't want to diminish their, their skill sets or what they've achieved, but, but the people that aren't going to show up on high stakes poker, the people who are not going to register $300,000 to play the super high roller bowl or the 250K here in the PSPC, I'll tell you, that was a fascinating tournament to be on the rail for. Awesome. Well, very cool. I mean, I got to say, like, listening to that, you know, it's, it's so, I guess, rare. I mean, we're obviously always in touch. And, you know, this, this entire segment of every single show is designed to have that direct engagement, as direct as possible with the Cards Chat community. And it's not just this podcast that exists separately from everything that goes on in the forums, in the, you know, hundreds of thousands members of community. And it's somewhat relatively rare that I get to interact directly, you know, whether here on the podcast or face to face with yourself, Chris, but it's so great to hear that sort of feedback from you. And at the end of the day, you know, as much as I love hosting this podcast and talking to people, it is about the Cards Chat community and what we, what you guys want to hear. And we always say when, if there's someone you do want to get on the podcast, suggest it to us and we'll try. And it's so great to hear that feedback from you. Uh, I appreciate it. And. You know, 113 episodes in after two plus years, we're still going strong and lots more folks uh, to interview. But I will say, 
that this has been a very special and pleasant conversation, especially since you know we've now met in person, we've hugged, we've battled at the felt, and now we've had a, a great opportunity to, to get to know each other better. Um, folks, uh, you did not submit your questions this time, but I do encourage you, uh, you know, maybe you could be the next Crystals. You're always submitting questions <laughs> and maybe you'll be the next uh, interviewee here on the Cards Chat podcast. There is a dedicated thread on the forums for this. So please be sure to send in your questions. And guys, if you like the show, please be sure to give us a good review on iTunes and spread the word via your social media channels. Uh, Crystals, Mr. Chris Robinson, before we leave, anything else you'd like to share with the Cards Chat community? No, just for, for all the support for, you know, those that have followed me on social media and for those that have been in the forum leaving messages and, you know, good wishes and run good. Just uh, really appreciated everything uh, that everybody has said. This, this entire experience has been, you know, it's been very humbling, but it's been very, you know, it's been amazing to say the very least. And then I feel very fortunate that I got this opportunity. I'm, ex you know, exceptionally thankful to Poker Stars for, for giving people like me this opportunity to, to travel and play in a 25K and to just be in this type of environment for a week. Uh, it's not something that, you know, guys like me get to experience at all. So the fact that uh, I was chosen to do this, uh, I'm indebted for life for them to that. So could not have happened to a nicer guy. Uh, folks, thank you again so much for tuning in to another episode of the Cards Chat Podcast. I'm Robbie Straczynski. You can follow me on Twitter at Card Player Life. I wish you all a wonderful Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community. <laughs>